the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I came across something that said Christmas means that God has gone to infinite lengths to come near to you. God has gone to infinite lengths to come near to you. Speaking of infinity or near infinity, uh, the day after Christmas, uh, some of my daughters and uh, a boyfriend uh, went to the Museum of Natural Science. They had a really great exhibit about the moon, and then we uh, went into the planetarium and saw the pathway to the universe. It was narrated by Tom Hanks. It was about uh, the vastness of the universe and the galaxies, uh, and uh, in a way just blew all of our minds, just to to see how small our tiny planet is within our one galaxy. And uh, it said that there are a uh, hundred million galaxies, a hundred billion galaxies with each a hundred billion stars in it. I, I mean, it, it just blows your mind. It, it's actually something that human minds really can't comprehend. Uh, they can put a bunch of zeros behind some numbers, but that, that's, that's as close as we can get. It, it, it's just amazing to think about it. Uh, 13.8 billion years ago, uh, the thought of the Big Bang, the Big Bang, they talked about the fact that we are stardust, uh, that we are composed of stardust. Uh, and we don't really conceive of ourselves of, uh, in that sense, but uh, that's, uh, that's what we are. Uh, the good news of the incarnation is, is that we are stardust who has been called to become children of God, filled with the presence, the life, and the glory of God. And that's the good news on this day, this Sunday after Christmas. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what does the incarnation reveal about God. And uh, we'll talk about uh, the revelation of God as mystery, also the revelation of God as our redemption uh, in the incarnation, and thirdly, God coming to us for relationship which may be even more incredible than the incarnation itself. Now, uh, in the language of the church and the creeds, we try to get close to the revelation that we've received. God is a mystery. God is, in fact, an unknowable mystery, and no one can sit there and say anything about God because we don't know anything about God, especially in the inner world of God, the inner self of God, everything that we claim to know and believe and trust has been revealed to us by God. And that's just how this works. That's how Christian faith works. It's really how any faith works. Uh, so for us to claim to understand, believe, and trust in God and in the incarnation, it's because it has been revealed to us. God is a great mystery. The fact that we Christians believe that there exists the one God and Father who eternally exists with his only begotten Son in word and the spirit that proceeds is a great mystery. We only say that because we believe it's been revealed to us. 
Where did that come from? Actually, it came from Jesus, who we believe is the incarnate Son and Word of God, who is equal with the Father, who is the uh, icon of the invisible God, who brings the light and the glory of the Father in a form that we can understand. If God were to come in the fullness of the divine being, we would be totally overwhelmed. But the incarnation, the mystery of the incarnation is, is that God comes to us in a form that we can understand and communicate and not be overwhelmed by. And so we Christians believe in the revelation of a mystery, the mystery of God who has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Spirit, the God who has come to us in the divinity of the Son and Word, made flesh, made human in our space and in our time in a way that we can actually understand. On a day like today, when we consider the mind-blowing aspects of the Incarnation, uh, we do well to remember a quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, The eternal being who knows everything, who created the whole universe, became not only a man, but before that a baby, and before that a fetus inside a woman's body. Now that is amazing. John's language uh, that he refers to has the, the spirit hovering over Mary just like the hovering over of the spirit over the waters of creation because it is a new creation of humanity. C.S. Lewis continues, he says, if you want to get the hang of it, think how you would like to become a slug or a crab. Now, interesting, God is condescending himself into our humanity in a way that we truly can't comprehend, another mind-blowing aspect. Do you love slugs enough to become a slug to save all the slugs, the world of slugs? I think not. Maybe a crab. I don't There may be some dog lovers that might come close, but even dog lovers, I don't think, are going to make that sort of move. Well, uh, we have God as the great mystery that reveals uh, an entrance of the divine into the human. The uncreated has moved into the created, and they are in union with one another forever. The Orthodox, Catholic, uh, ancient, apostolic understanding is, is that the divine word and son became flesh, meaning that the divinity assumed human nature. They were joined together, two natures in one divine person for all eternity. And that is the revelation of the mystery that we believe or at least hope or seek to believe. So God is a great mystery and God loves his creation so much that he comes to bring the divine life and light back into the creation. 
He comes into our human nature to bring the divine life and light and love back into the creation, and that is what we call redemption. Redemption is a rescue or a release from slavery, and the slavery that the creation and all of us in it are under the bondage of sin and physical death. And so we believe that God has come in this great move and action of the incarnation to save us. Now, the other thing that is so fascinating to me is that God has come to relate to us, to actually seek a union and a communion, a relationship, a relationship where there's give and take, a relationship of love, of communication, of a contest of wills, so to speak, because God is trying to help us do what's best for ourselves even. And so that is something that we don't think too much about when we think about the incarnation, but that is certainly part of it, that God has become one of us, become human, taken on the depths of our experience, and still is moving towards us day by day if we will only open ourselves to God's presence. Does anybody remember Paul Harvey? Yeah, yeah, anybody who's old enough remembers Paul Harvey. And uh, do you remember the story of the birds, the Paul Harvey story of the birds? Okay, well, good. This will be great. This is a classic story. Uh, it's the story that he told at Christmas time over and over again. It's a story about a man who's not a bad man. He's basically a good man, but he just has trouble believing this mind-blowing incarnation. And so he told his wife that he was not going to go to Christmas Eve that, that, uh, that evening because he just felt like a hypocrite. So he sent his wife on. And so he sat himself down in the living room and he began to be uh, uh, engaged in a book and he heard a thump on the plate glass window there in the living room. And he looked up and he thought, well, are kids throwing snowballs? Because it had started to really snow heavily and there was a little bit of a storm brewing up. And he went back to his book and he heard another thump and then another thump. And so he got up to look to see what was going on and he looked out and there was a little flock of birds that were fluttering around. They'd gotten caught in the storm outside and he felt sorry for them and he thought you know these birds are going to freeze if they don't come inside the birds were hitting the plate glass window trying to get into the warm living room but he had an idea there was a little barn just uh, opposite the home so he put on his galoshes and his coat he went out to the barn he turned on the light he opened up the doors of the barn he thought you know this will be warmer this will be a safe place for the birds to be and he went back and he tried to shoo the birds in the barn. You can imagine what happened. Nothing. The birds scattered around. The birds were scared of this man. So then he had a better idea. He decided, I'll take some bread and I'll crumple it up and I'll make a bread trail all the way over to the nice warm barn. But the birds did not follow the bread trail. Finally, in exasperation, the man said, if only I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language. Then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to safety 
and rescue and warn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. And just then, the bells began to ring at a nearby church, O come, all ye faithful, and the revelation of the incarnation hit him. That's what this is about. God is coming to us in a way that we can hear and understand and comprehend and feel. And he fell into his knees on the snow. And that's the end of the story. Isn't that a great story? It's a perfect Paul Harvey story about the incarnation because God is coming to us in a way that we can understand. God truly does understand because God has lived a human life in Jesus. And people who are in pain and who are suffering or who have put their arms out at length to God because of uh, difficulties in their lives, they need to remember the words of Timothy Keller because he says there's no other religion that says God has suffered, that God had to be courageous, that God knows what it's like to be abandoned by friends, that God knows what it's like to be crushed by injustice, to be tortured, and even experience death. Because if what we believe about the incarnation is true, God in the flesh of Jesus, the Christ, has experienced all of that. And so he concludes Christmas and the incarnation shows how God knows what you're going through. So when you speak to God in your prayers within the depths of your hearts, God understands what you're going through. And that is so, so important. The last thing that we'll say about the incarnation is, is that it is the way that is provided for us to have the sacramental life. Uh, we have the baptism of our Lord coming in a couple of weeks. It is the way that we participate with the life of God by being baptized into union and communion with the body of Christ, the risen body of Christ, which is divine and human. It is the way that we participate in the sacramental life in the body and blood of the risen Christ found in the Eucharist. And so it is the gateway to the sacramental life, which is one of the ways that we actually relate to God in a way that we are. Well, the good news again today is that God is the great mystery who comes to us in the uh, incarnation of the Son and Word to rescue, to save, to come to know us, to speak to us in a language that we can understand, and even in sacramental signs that we would know, come to know and to love and to follow and to serve him. But making a full circle, we remember that we are stardust, but we are stardust that has been called to become children of God. And because you are children, as Paul says, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then an heir through God.
Amen.